0: to all of the fathers here today we love you very much. we honor you today. We thank you for your sacrifice. I want to thank the men that have to get out in the heat and they have to work and they sweat. women, can I get a big hand of a, a round of applause for those men that work? I don't care if they're sitting behind a computer screen. The guy that sits behind a computer screen all day long, trust me, it is draining. They sit there and they're like, "I wish I was outside sweating." and the guy that's outside sweating saying, "I wish I was behind a computer screen." And if they could trade off for a week, they'd be like, "Man, can I have my job back?" It's all work. It's all tough. And you know, we want to thank Adam and Eve, especially one day, but uh, right now, we just uh, we roll on and we keep going, and it's OK. We're men. That's what we do. I had an issue at work a while back, and there was a gentleman there who had a rough day, and uh, I had to uh, remove him out of the rank that he was in and kind of set him off to the side for the rest of the shift. And I see him over there on the side, and he's got his hand in his head, his head in his hands, and I said, "Man, it's okay, man. Everybody has a bad day. It's all right. Just it's okay." I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I don't know. How. I said, That's when it came on me. I'm like, "Look, let me tell you how you're going to deal with this. You're a grown man. That's how you deal with it." I'm not going to go into all kind of self-help and, and, it's okay, let me get you a card and some ice cream. No, you're a man. Deal with it. Get better and do your job better. And then next time you come in, you'll be right back at it. It's okay. It's okay. So, men, I appreciate you being men. You're a man. If you didn't know it, you are. If you didn't know it, sometimes you stink. We we have body odor. We eat steak. We work. We work from daylight till dark. We work too much, and we love our women. We love our children. We love our families, and we will protect them at all cost. Amen. 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 I want to give uh, honor to the fathers in my life, and my father has passed away. And we miss him dearly, but also my father-in-law who's here today. I love him so much, and I'm thankful for our fathers and our fathers' fathers. Amen. The groundwork that was laid before us. Those that worked and put in the sweat and toil and the sacrifice so that we could be where we're at today. Men, you are providing for your children There's many children that went downstairs and you are providing for them. Don't provide for them just merely with monetary things, but spiritual things. Spiritual things. Greater spiritual things than anything this world can offer. And reiterate that to them time and time again. I love you. I'm glad that I can bless you with this toy. I'm glad that I can bless you with this car, this vehicle, this this education. But let me tell you, it will not carry you for the rest of your life. This is temporary. We've got to focus on the things that eternal and just tell them over and over and over teach them and train them they will not get it from the school system they're going to get it from you They're going to get it from you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless your name today. We thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. We thank you, Lord, for good health. We thank you, Lord, for prosperity. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed this church body. We thank you, Lord, that we are a part of your kingdom. We praise you. We lift you up. And we ask, God, that you would help us as we reach out to this community, this outlying area, all of our family, our extended family. Lord, wherever you may lead us on Facebook and online, God, we pray, God, that this word would go out to all the world in the name of Jesus. Bless us. Keep us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I want to start off and just begin with some text, and I'm going to read from the book of John. And if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me. Just start getting there if you can. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's in the New Testament. John chapter 12. And I'm going to be as brief as I can. I'll try my best not to elaborate too much on things because we're excited to partake of all of the vol- voluntary volunteering, cooking and decorating, and gifts and things that uh, we are part uh, that are part of today's uh, proceedings. John chapter twelve. I want to read verses 25 through 100. <laughs> I know I did that a while back. It's just I listen, I'm, I mess with people. I mess with people. If you don't know us. There's some of you who know us a little bit better than others, and we are jokesters. And when you have a house full of boys, we had three boys in our home, and um, some of the greatest times, I will give here's a little tip. If you've got young ones coming up, and you've got a, washing, a dishwasher in your kitchen, just unplug it. Don't ever even use the thing unless you're just overwhelmed, because you got dishwashers. And some of the greatest memories we have are in a kitchen and it's wash them dishes, dry those dishes, and it's popping towels, and it's cutting jokes and laughing and f- just, just cutting up and laughing and having fun. The meal was fun, but I think we had more fun on the cleanup. And Breanne, she always had a saying. She says, boys, in ten, we're going to get this kitchen clean in 10 minutes. 10 minutes. I don't know what the deal is with 10 minutes. It's like we meant 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Something's going to happen. But 10 minutes. And then it was just, oh, 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 oh. Have fun, have fun. John 12, verses 25 through 26. Does that sound better? The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me and where I am. Whoever serves me. We Many of us, I'm a Christian. I love God. Whoever serves me must follow me and where I am. You got to be where he's at. My servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Quickly to Proverbs 21 21 He who pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Look at your neighbor and say, Honor. 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 I want to speak to you for a few minutes today on the topic of seven attributes. Of a man of honor, women, you're in the sanctuary with us today. Attach yourself to this message. It's very easy. I may say "man" many times. If you're married, guess what? You're right there with him because when we join together in a holy matri- in, ho- in ho- holy, in holy, in holy matrimony, Amen. what God has put together, let no man put put asunder. Amen. Amen. So even though I say "man." I'm speaking to the, to the woman, too, and I, I've always joked about that when God named, he said, let that be man, and then he said, whoa, man, <laughs> I didn't, he said, whoa, man, hold up, you know, because it's continually better, right? It's continually better. You know, sometimes you start something. Maybe we, you, ladies, you've cooked a recipe and you're like, man, that was a great lasagna. I did, I really did good on that. You tweak it, you turn it, you twist it, you cook it, you spice it, whatever. Oh, this one now, this one. Whoa, man. Now this one was good. I thank the Lord for just instilling us the mindset of being continually better. So, Men, you're welcome. Use that sometimes when you walk in there in the kitchen first thing in the morning. Whoa, you got to use it right. It ain't like, whoa, 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 man. Seven attributes of a man of honor. I'm so grateful for the men of this church. Strong men, committed men, well-abled men able-bodied, courageous, and brave men. Today we're going to look at the the life of David and we're going to look at David the boy, David the man, and David the king. And we're going to realize that it's very important to, for us to realize today that David had a process in his life that he went through. He did not wake up, he was not born a king. Many times that has happened. A man would be born into a kingship. He would be a prince. He would be someone who was royal blood. He was royalty. But David had a process in his life that he went through. And he became a king. But he didn't start off as a king. He just started off as a small boy who was a boy who just worked hard out in the field. And that's all he knew was hard work. So the first thing I want to talk about is being committed. One of the first attributes, this is not in really any Particular order. It's my order. This is a sermon that God gave me. You're not going to find it on the internet. If you do, uh, I'll just say thank the Lord that God gave it to somebody else too. (laughs) But number one is committed. An attribute of a, a man of honor is someone who is committed. Okay? So I do have a picture that I'm going to put up here with each one. David was committed to his family, he was committed to hard work he was a, like I said, he was a young boy. When we first start hearing about David, we find out that he was a shepherd. So don't look at that and say, okay, he tended sheep. Sounds real hard. I mean, I, I'm i a metal worker. I dig ditches. I, I, I'm i a firefighter. I'm a police officer. I I think I worked harder than David. Listen, being a shepherd, I'm sure was hard work. There was no place that you could go for air conditioning. You had to take your, your herd of sheep and you had to walk them down and lead them to water, lead them to food. You had to go chase some down. It was a, a lot of responsibility that came with being a shepherd, okay? And so he was committed to his family. He was committed to work. He was the youngest of eight sons. So right off the bat, we realize anybody, if you're a man in the house, and you can say, I was the youngest in my house, I'm the baby. Any men? Come on. Let's see who the babies are, okay? All right, now raise your hand if, you're, if you were the big brother. So I was, I'm the big brother, okay? All right. There is a little bit of a dynamic there. We know this. The little brother, a lot of times, is always trying to catch up. And he can't help it that it's a quite a few years until he can catch up because that bigger brother is steadily above him in height, in weight, in knowledge, in number of girlfriends how much he can eat, what he can do, what he's done already, how many baseball trophies he's got, how many football trophies he's got. This coach loves him, and I haven't even been to this school yet, and, and you've already had this party, and you and there's a dynamic there of having to play catch-up. And so he was the youngest of eight, but he was scrappy. And we're going to read about this later on. Listen, if you are the youngest in your family, don't take that and say, Well, I've just poor pitiful me. I can't do anything. No, no, no. God loves to take the one who is least likely and bless them, keep them, be with them, support them, and raise them up to a new level. Can I get an amen? Amen. Spiritually, you're going to face tough times. Growing up, your children, your, your young men are going to face some tough times. Your young ladies are going to face some tough times. There's going to be times when a bully steps up and does something at school. Parents, I will tell you from experience, be careful about how you are the helicopter mom or the helicopter dad is what they say. You're hovering all around them and you swoop in there and you save them. The experiences that David had as a young boy, some of those experiences helped him out tremendously as he became a man and then in turn became a king. And so some of the things that stress us out, some of the things that are tough, be careful how you just help and save so much, but use that at a teachable moment and you teach your children how it's important to fast fast. It's important to pray. It's important to seek the face of God. It's important to put God first. We learn from it. But we definitely don't take the easy way out. Number two, anointing. Anointing. He had God's anointing. He was anointed by Samuel. In Samuel chapter 16, you read about how... Not in this scripture, but in the the first part of chapter 16, you read about, well actually we are going to go to that scripture here in a minute and I know we're in the first part of 16, but even before this, you'll learn how Samuel was disgusted with Saul. Saul, everyone thought Saul was the man. Everybody thought Saul was going to be the man who was going to take Israel to new and greater things and new heights. Saul could not get it together. He wasn't being very kingly, I'll say. And so Saul began to turn away from the plan of God. And he rebelled, and, he, and we all know the story of Saul. If you don't, I'll encourage you to read your Bible. Go to 1 Samuel. Go to 1 and 2 Kings. You can get in here and you can read all about things that we're telling you about. I can't get into all the things about Saul. But I will tell you this, Saul was not being the man that he was supposed to be. So we read in 16.1, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Because this burdened Saul, or, or Samuel, this grieved him. Everyone had the hopes that Saul was going to be the man. Since I have rejected, so this is God speaking, since, since I have rejected him as king over Israel. He says, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. So I'll say right there, listen, if you're hung up right now in your situation and your, your circumstance, quit mourning. Quit playing a pity party. Quit feeling sorry for yourself so much that you can't see that God has something better lined up for you. And he's saying, fill your horn up with oil, gather your things, pick up, pr- get up. In the morning, I want you to wake up, hit your knees and pray. I want you to fast and seek my face. And I want you to come after me hard and know that I've got something greater down the road. Get up, Samuel, and start walking down the road and know that I've got one better than Saul. There's a David around somebody's corner this morning. Amen? Amen? The world doesn't get to say who you will be. You see right here it says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. I want to read in uh 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 11 through 13. I'll just read it from here since I'm not there in my Bible. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. The world does not determine who will be the one. It is God who determines. So if somebody told you a long time ago, you can't do it. You're not going to be there. You will never be any more than what your daddy was. You will never be any more than what your mother was. You're a loser. Your dad was a loser. Your whole family, you come from a family of losers born in Loserville, Texas. Listen. The world doesn't tell me what I'm going to be. I serve a living God. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. From that day on. So if you're going to have some of these attributes, you want to be committed, yes. But you need the anointing power of the Holy Ghost. And when that anointing falls upon you, you can have a moment to where you say, "I remember when the power of God hit me," and he. And from that day on, from that moment on, you need to have an experience with God. It doesn't need that you live live your entire Christian life and you can't remember anything that's sticks out to you in a church service or a time alone with God or you're on your tractor praying or there's a moment somewhere where you say, man, I remember, I remember back in 1988 on a pew in a little old church in East Texas. I mean, something like that. Where you say, man, I just remember I felt the presence of God so strong. And from that moment on, I was a different person. I was a new man. There was a time at Covenant Church on a Sunday night prayer meeting. And I walked in there and I wasn't really expecting anything. And all of a sudden this power of God fell. And he fell on me. And the anointing fell on me. It is like this picture. It is like something coming over your head. And you can feel it from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. And if you've never felt that... I feel sorry for you, but I won't feel too sorry for you because a lot of this depends on your effort. How can he anoint him? Let's that young boy come to him. So they called him out of the field. And when he he said, yes, I'm in the field. No, I don't want to be anointed. I don't want to be picked. Matter of fact, I'm not coming to my daddy's house. I'm not going to go to Jesse's house. I like being a shepherd. I want to run sheep all day long, my whole life. I love it. I want to be in sin. I want to be away from God. I want to be mediocre my whole life. I like it. I'm poor and I'm pitiful and I'm sorry. And I'm just I'm just feeling sorry for myself. Somebody today is getting a call already in your mind and your spirit. And you're like, man, I've been needing to hear this. I've been needing to hear this. God is calling us men, women. He is calling us. He's calling you out of that... Field. he's calling you out of that work and that trial that you've been in and he's saying come to me where I can anoint you I can't anoint you if you won't come to me get down on your knees and come before me and get down before me kneel submit yourself get over your pride and get before me and let me anoint you to take you to greater heights amen so God gets the final say Number three is going to be bravery. Number three is bravery. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 33 through 36. Saul replied, you are not able to go. Now, this is a, back when David is a little older. He's been anointed. And now David is now going out to uh, talk to the, to the Philistines. Okay? You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been fighting. He has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Speaking of himself, when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant. He's like, by the way, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. We find out real quick that David was a man who was blessed by God. He was powerful. He had a special touch on his life. Attributes of a man of honor. Attributes. Being brave. Every battle. Every victory. Let your faith build. Bravery comes in knowing that the battle belongs to the Lord. Because if you don't know that somebody bigger than you is backing you up, you're not very likely to be as brave as you need to be or as God has called you to be. There's times when in the real world... There's a man that maybe gets fronted by another man. And all of a sudden, this man over here who's getting yelled at, he gets real brave because he's got all of his buddies with him. And he's got a backing with him. He's got somebody with him who's stronger. He's got his best buddy with him who's about 6'5, 245, 265 pounds of solid muscle. And he's just sitting there like this right here. He's like, Tell him, Tim. I got your back, Tim. And I'm in my mind, I'm just seeing just a little like a chihuahua, just like (laughs) and the big and the big dog. We actually have a big dog in here. Where's Chris Randall? Where's Chris Randall? He's on security. Of course he's on security. They call him Chris Big Dog Randall. I think he's even got his own T-shirt, mate, that says Big Dog Randall or something like that. he That's a man who he gets to wear T-shirts that many of us don't get a chance to wear. We can buy this T-shirt. We're part of the team. It's cool. we got softball practice. Ha-ha. But uh, Chris actually gets to wear a shirt that is something like part of the 500 Club. It's like our 400 or something like that where it's like when you bench press like 400 pounds or 500 pounds off your chest, you get to... Is it 400? I have no idea. It's a lot. It's more than me. It's more than two of me. (laughs) And so Chris gets to to wear some t-shirts that I don't get to wear. But when you've got the big dog and he's saying, get them, get them. That's how I see God with me today in my quest to be a man of honor. I want to be brave, but I'm even more and more bold and more and more brave For my Lord and Savior, when I know that He's with me, He's in me, He's through me, He's all inside me, and I feel like I've got the power of the Holy Spirit in me, and I know I do, and I know that it empowers me to be able to not be afraid to pray for somebody, not be afraid to tell somebody the good news of Jesus Christ, not be afraid to speak out and share my testimony. So we need to be brave. You've got to have spirit of bravery about you. Number four, a man of action. A man of action. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verses 48 or verse 48. 17 and 48. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, I want you to watch what David does. Is this a boy? Is this a young man who's afraid. No. The Bible says David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. If you'll go down further in the same chapter and you look at verse 55. Now this is Saul speaking. As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son? Is that young man. Who in the world. Who is that kid. Now. do I don't know. I didn't really look to see what happened after that. It says find out whose son this young man is. Because after that it could have been. Find out whose son this young man is. Because he is crazy. <laughs> this man is a nut. I mean, we see the giant. We see the problem. We see how hard the situation is. We see what this family is facing. We see what that man faced, that woman faced. We see the diagnosis. We saw the post on Facebook. And we see that that person put a post immediately out and said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I ran headlong into the battle. I'm not afraid. I will fight for my family. I will fight for my wife. I will fight for my husband. I will fight for my children. I run headlong into the... Into the problem, why? Because I'm brave. I was committed. Now I'm now I'm I'm committed. Then I'm anointed. Now I'm brave, and I'm going to be a man of action right now because a man of action is not afraid to go into action. Now listen, I put this up here on purpose. I found this photo on purpose, take thirty-seven, because some of you have been living a life where, let's just say, God's the director. And he says, okay, thank you for coming to church. Thank you for recommitting your life to, the, to me. Take 37. Okay. I love you. You love me. Take 38. God, I promise you, if you'll just get me out of this situation. God, I promise you, if you'll just save me one more time. Take 39. Here is the point. That you need to receive today, action happens no matter what. You keep springing forth into action. It doesn't matter how many takes. It doesn't matter if it takes you a hundred takes. It does not matter. The best movies we've ever seen presented from Hollywood, and I even I hate to even say that word, but we've all seen it. We've all watched movies. We have. I watched a classic last night and laughed from the beginning to the end with three other grown men, and we were all quoting the lines. It was one of our favorites, one of our old standbys, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> and it came on, and we're watching it at the fire station, and it's like, goodbye, my love. I mean, it's just, I texted my son, and he, he texted me back a line from the movie, and then I text him another line. We could quote the whole movie. Can we quote? Oh, come on now. Oh, see, I want to preach to myself now. Oh, I know that scripture. I just don't know where it's at. Oh, something, the Bible says something about, there was that thing, there was that story about like Noah uh, in the lion's den and David in the ark. But when the movie comes on, oh, watch this part right here. He's fixing to say this. Oh, watch this part. He's fixing it. Oh, he's fixing too. Oh, he's about to. Oh, here's that part. Oh, here it comes. Oh, big gulps, huh? Okay, cool. We we know the we know what's coming up. We we know what's going to happen. We're 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 anticipating. We know. We sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we don't anticipate. We have no idea where we're going. We don't know what God's gotten for us. We don't know what the enemy's plan. We're so lost. We don't we don't even know what's going on. You need to know. You need to know that you know that you know. If you're going to run, run right into the problem. Be bold. And so if we're going to be a person of action, if it's going to take 37 takes, 38 takes, 50 takes, what you need to make sure that you know, you need to know the script so that when the God steps on the scene and he says, you're about to face something. Your family's fixing to go through something. Action. Know the script. I don't know my lines. I don't I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. I don't, what am, I don't know what, what do I do. Did you study? Did you study at all? Did you even know what the first line was? Did you even know how to start a prayer for your family? Somebody help, help. I saw a post on Facebook the other day that said prayers immediately. Prayers needed immediately. And we need need to do that. Pray for someone immediately. But if something happens for you and you can't get to your cell phone to to beg prayers and ask for prayers, do you know how to pray for your family? When you pray, does God hear your voice? Does He know your voice? Or is He the director on the scene going, Action! And it's robotic. It's like, well, Susie, the other day we went to the field together and we looked for the cows. And now we are going back to the farm. (laughs) And the director's saying, who is the idiot up there? He doesn't know the lines. I don't even know if I've ever seen this guy. I don't recognize his voice. He's very robotic. He don't have any form and acting abilities. Like, oh, hey, Susie, how are you doing? Hey, we're looking for those cows, and we're going back to the farm. Okay, I see you. Let's go. Come on. But uh, somebody who don't know how to act, somebody do not know how to does a the script, doesn't know the lines, do not know the words. Hello. I don't know what to do with my hands. So... And I've seen those plays. They're precious. And you watch the children. And sometimes it's adults in civic theater. Those are the best ones to go watch. Go watch some civic theater. And all of a sudden the hands do some awesome, amazing movements. We shall go and be. Nobody talks like that. You talk like this right here. Read the script. Be ready to act it out. God is not going to bless your good intentions. I fully intended to learn his word. I fully intended to learn the script. I fully intended to be ready for this play. I fully intended to be ready to go into action when it was called. I intended to. No, you need to be ready to. Number five, humble and repentant. Second Samuel chapter 6. I don't want to read it off the screen. I want to read it off this paper, Second Samuel six and sixteen. As the Ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, hall I found out how to say it. If you don't know how to say it, go to YouTube. Mihal, it's simple once you know. Mihal, because I said Michael, Mickle, everything else last time. As the Ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Mihal. Michal, the daughter of Saul, watched from a window, and when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. She despised David. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18. I want to speak now about how David was so humble. He said, then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said... Who who am I? Who am I, O oh sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? Man, if I have ever seen myself in a scripture, I would say, who in the world am I, God, that you would save me and raise me up? And if men, women today, if you are in a spot right now and you're like, there's just no way, I'm telling you, I know, I appreciate your encouragement, Pastor. I appreciate the Word of God. But man, I'm telling you what, I am good at messing up. I have screwed up, messed up, I'm tore up from the floor up. I've said that one before. I like that line. I was there, that was me. I mess up. And when I think I've got it together, I mess up. There's no way on earth God would save me and use me. One of the hardest things in deliverance for people is for people to realize that it is for them. I believe he saved you. I believe he can raise you up. I believe he's going to change your family. Now, can he do it for me? Ah, not so much. Lose your pride and gain some power. I like that. You said the same thing he said. Lose your pride and gain everything. Man, that pride, though, that's a real tough thing to lose. Some of you men, pride crept in a little bit when you saw those other shirts. You're like, I got another shirt in the truck. I actually have an undershirt on right now. Now, I can't, my undershirt's cut off sleeves. I, it ain't coming off. This, we can, this is, oh, I'm going to roll mine up. I'm going to be different. There's probably a man who said, I'll just cut the sleeves off. I want you to be careful in how independent and separate you are. Oh, man. God, thank you for putting that in my heart right now. Be careful how independent and separate and secluded and and away from everyone that you become, that you want to be your own thing and your own person so much that you can't be a part of the body of Christ. Because that body is strong, is very strong. It is an army. We want to be a part of the army of the Lord, an army for God, an army for the kingdom of God. Because when you're out by yourself and you're alone in the desert and the, and the enemy comes against you and you're going to be attacked from all sides, you need somebody that's got your back. You need somebody that's got your side and your other side and your top and your bottom and your back and everything around you where you can join up and fight, for, fight together as a, as a common force against the enemy. Amen? So if you want to have home church, great, have home church. But don't keep having home church. You need to be in the house of the Lord. You need to be here gaining strength from somebody else. You need to see somebody else with the same shirt on and be like, Oh, man, you went through that yesterday? Yeah. Are you on the same team as me? Oh, you actually deal with that too. Yeah. Oh, okay. But you're still, you, I'm, we're here together. Amen. Amen. Praise God for a team. I want to be on Team Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Humility is a strength. So many people look at humility as a weakness. Like, oh, look at him being just humbled down. Just humbled down. Just, just, oh, just, uh, uh. No, no, no. This is a stance of repentance. This is a stance of I'm sorry, Lord. I know that my life is unmanageable, and I am not God, and I cannot handle everything on my own. My life has become unmanageable, and everything that I've done in the past, I continue to go back to those things, and I cannot manage it anymore. Lord, I forgive me, God, for my sin. Forgive me, Lord, of my human nature, my carnal nature. I cannot do it anymore. I need your help, and I become humble and repentant. David was a man who was quick to repent second Samuel chapter 12 verse 13 this is after Nathan has rebuked David don't know the story go back read the entire story start at the beginning of chapter 12 read it when you get home then David said to Nathan I have sinned against the Lord he didn't argue with him he didn't just look I have sinned against the Lord I need to repent don't argue with God Don't argue with somebody who is put in your path to be a voice from God. Don't argue with this when you read it and it pricks your heart and it speaks to you personally. Look at it. Read it. Have something called extreme ownership. Extreme ownerships, you're going to own it no matter what. No matter what you own it. Men, I'm going to come straight to you. I know I've said women, if you're the head of the house grandmothers, grandfathers, men, if you're the head of your home, if you're the leader, be the leader. There are no bad teams. There are only bad leaders. There is a championship NFL football team that will win the Super Bowl next year and the year after that, and they could have a lousy coach right now that doesn't want to do the work, does not want to put in the effort, wants to be the cool coach, Fit in, draw his salary, get whatever is his, and he just wants to keep going, to keeping the status quo. Sometimes it's important for us men to interrupt the status quo, mix it all up, and say, I'm the leader of this home, this is where we're going, and this is why we're doing this, because it's not just because Daddy said so, it's because the Word of God said so. Amen. I'm going to tell you this, that's another tip. Don't ever discipline your children and do things and they say, I did? Why? Because Dad, Daddy said so, because I said so. Because I'm going to tell you what, this says so to you, Dad. This says so to you. And I don't see us all the time saying, yes, 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 God, yes, 100%, I'm in. No, it's not because Daddy said so, it's because the Word of God says so. So in in 2 Samuel 12 and 13, he says, I have sinned against the Lord. David was human. Of course, he made mistakes. A man of honor quickly repents. How quick will you repent? Number six, fortitude. So take a look at the the picture on the screen. Fortitude. Does this look like somebody with fortitude? The definition of fortitude means courage in pain or adversity. Has anybody... In the house, can you raise your hand? You don't have to, but if we wanted to, we could raise hands. We've all done it. We've all faced it. We have faced some adversity. We thought we were going to a university. We went straight up into adversity. Fun and games, college life, adversity. University of adversity. (laughs) That's where we... How many of you can raise your hands? I graduated. I quituated. I made up a term right there. You graduated, you finished. You you quituated means you never got through it. The the university of adversity. This woman behind me in this wheelchair, rolling down that track, adversity. Something was put in her life. It might have been from birth. It might have been a bad car accident. It could have been a a number of things. Maybe she's in the military and she fought for our country. And maybe now she doesn't have her lower limbs. But she said, no, I will not let that defeat me. No, I will not let that be the the thing that defines me. I will not say to myself, I will never enjoy another victory. What kind of victory are you looking for? Is it your victory or is it what God's victory is for you in your life? Do you see yourself running around the track? And having that victory where you're jumping hurdles? Or does God have another plan in your life? Does He have another avenue? Does He have another way for you to, to get involved in church? Maybe your victory is not the victory that He has in line for you. Because this woman right here can experience a victory racing against others with the same adversity. Maybe somebody's sitting beside you in this, on these pews today. They're here in this sanctuary today and they're facing the same adversity as you are. Every single one of us can cross the finish line together. We can get on board together and we can face that same adversity together. If you're facing, facing some adversity and God has put some things in your, in your life that are stumbling block to you, you need to come on a Tuesday night and get plugged in and be involved on a Tuesday night. Help, hope, elevate, learn, and prosper And prosper. I'm closing up. Praise team, come on up. Everybody loves hearing that. David faced several revolts. Even one from his own son, Absalom. His own son, Absalom, went against King David. And tried to overthrow him. Can you imagine what it's like when your own family. Many of you here today. Your own family has come against you. The family of God, I can't imagine that. The family of God coming against the family of God. Your own blood kin family coming against you. David experienced it. A man of honor though will have fortitude. He will be able to have courage in the pain. He will be able to have courage in the adversity. Last one. Loyalty. Loyalty. David was a true man of honor. Second Samuel chapter nine. Verses six through ten. I'll read it quickly. Mephibosheth is the one I'm going to be reading about. So Jonathan was a very close friend of David's. Jonathan was a, he was the son of a king. He had royal blood. And then Jonathan has a son named Mephibosheth. That's the one we're going to talk about. There were others. When, when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to, to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, backtrack, time out. I didn't touch this. Mephibosheth was dropped by his caregiver when he was a small child and both of his feet were turned maybe like a club foot he, they, they were broken he was crippled he could not hardly walk the Bible says he was basically just described him as crippled both feet dropped as a baby that's a message in that of, in and of itself Many of you have been dropped. Many of you you did not what you had to go through was not your fault. You didn't drop yourself, you didn't jump off the cliff, you didn't do the things that got done to you. You didn't cause those things. And you can feel sorry for yourself and say, well, it did and it happened. And so therefore I quit. No. God has a plan, but you've got to realize you need to. This is the best one out of all of them for me. He bowed down to pay David honor. David said, Mephibosheth! Exclamation point. Don't be afraid. And he, ref- he refers to David and he says, your servant. He, Don't be afraid. David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul. And you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him. And bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always, I mean forevermore, from now on, always eat at my table. David was a true man of honor. He honored Jonathan, and then through the bloodline, because of who he was tied to, then he honored Mephibosheth, Jonathan, the son of a king. Mephibosheth, Son of Jonathan, a cripple. He was helpless. But then David becomes a source and a provider for Misheth. Mes- M- B- B- it's all right, laugh. i laugh at myself. David is a type and a shadow of Jesus. Let Jesus become your source and your strength. Yes, you can look at yourself and when you look in the mirror, you say, what am I? I'm a dead dog. I'm pathetic. But, But God is saying today, let me be your source of strength for you today. If you would, just please stand. We'll be dismissed. Start today by being a man of honor. Are you perfect? No. There's only one who was perfect. It's a process. 2 Samuel 8 and 1 in the course of time focus on this part right here David defeated the Philistines in the course of time some of you you've been fighting for a while and you think I I can't get victory I can't get victory David was Goliath fighting the Philistines as a young boy as a man as a king But when it lists David's victory, it says in the course of time, David defeated the Philistines. He did it, but he did it because he stayed after it time and time and time again. Battle after battle after battle. You get quit out of your vocabulary. Last scripture, Romans 5 and 8. But God shows his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you're in sin, it's the, the debt has already been paid. You need to claim it. You need to recognize it. You need to raise your hands today at this altar call and say, Father, I bless your name. I thank you, Lord, that you forgive me, and I claim the sacrifice that was shed blood on the cross of Calvary for my sins so that I could be made new in the name of Jesus. I want to give just a time right quick. Just a quick time of prayer. Don't leave men. None of the men, please leave. I want to give you a beautiful gift that we have here. But right now, if you would just all bow your heads. And I want to just pray a blessing over this church in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would bless and keep each man, woman, boy, and girl. But Lord, especially this morning, we speak to the men. Lord, I pray that you would raise us up to be men of honor. Lord, we want to be committed. Lord, we want to be anointed by You. Lord, we want to be brave before You. We want to be anointed by You. We want to be men of action. Lord, we want to be humble and and, and repentant before You. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. We want to have fortitude. We want to have strength in our pain in the name of Jesus. And last but not least, Lord, I pray that You would bless each man to be loyal. Loyal to you first, God. Loyal to family and loyal to country in the name of Jesus. Can we give God a praise today as we speak this blessing over our homes and ourselves in the name of Jesus. They're going to play a song and there's going to be a time where if you need prayer, you come to us and we can pray with you. But right now, I'd ask for every father in the place, start to make your way up. I want you to come up here and I want you to receive this gift from us. Love in our hearts, we love you. All the men, all the fathers, men, if, and if you could just stay up here, men, just stay up here, please. Please, please, please. Can we give a big hand for the men today? God bless these men, hallelujah! Look at these strong men. Oh, look at the guns in this house, and I'm not talking about the ones that are concealed under the shirt. squeeze in squeeze in we got guys that want a gift and they can't get one come on squeeze in everybody come on men come together come in the middle come on up come on up come on up we're going to have a show of force I want to show the enemy what he's dealing with come on hey reach behind you and grab a a gift and give it to somebody walking up who hasn't got one Ken Ferrari you don't have one in your hand oh you got one who doesn't have one Let's go. Let's go. Come on, men. We got a lot of men. I, I know there's some churches that, that, that need these men. All right, Amy is going to take a picture. Scoot in as best you can. Some of you are going to be cropped. That's okay. Just get in as close as you can. I don't even know where we're looking. Oh, yeah. All right, we good? Hey, listen, man, if you, all you guys, if you would turn around and just look at me, hold the music just for a second. Listen, there is one that went before us, God Almighty. But I want to thank specifically Thomas Pate Sr. for the vision that he had years ago when the town and the people of this area made fun of him. For building a, a metal building on a hill that was way too big. Was it really? Was it too big? We didn't get here by ourselves. Somebody worked extremely hard and worked when victory wasn't even visible. When all there was was just a dirt road. There was no pavement. There was no smooth concrete. All it was was just grass and a metal building on a hill. And, and a big note. She said, in a big note. And, and a son who would sometimes take out of his own pocket to pay the note. Never to be repaid again. I'll pay it. And then dad comes to him and says... Son, I don't know what we're going to do. Man, the church notes do again. Dad, just here's a check. Working, working so hard. Sweating. Actual sweat. Not behind a computer screen. That's work too. I ain't, I'm not knocking it. It is different though. I'm telling you. We are called men to be stewards for a time on earth. So, yes, you get to partake of a beautiful, nice, big building. There's going to be an expansion. There's going to be new buildings. There's probably going to be another building. There will be another building over here on this 16 acres. And there will be more growth. And we can say, well, I remember we had church in the old sanctuary. That's where all those little rugrats, all the little rugrats are running around here in the youth sanctuary now. You know, there's two or 300 kids in here running around having youth service. Yeah, that's. I received the Holy Ghost right there where you're standing, you little stink pot. <laughs> But listen, so much work. So he was a great steward of what God had in his life. So I call and I ask every one of you men to join with me and let's be great stewards for what God has put in our life, our family, our homes, this church, this, this community, this area. He said, I, I, all over and over, he said, I love this area. I love this town. I love this area. We are called to reach this town, this area. So men be a great not a good be a great steward of who God has put in your life your family your wife your children lead them lead them to God lead others to God it's so so important because we will be like a vapor we will look back one day and we'll say my life was like a vapor it was just like a quick wind it's gone just just gone what did you do? What did you do day in and day out? Battle after battle. Oh, but that last battle was so tough. I just got to quit. Now, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Please do not come to me. man, as a grown man, don't ever come to me and say, I just quit. Man, I don't have no patience for that. God has no patience for that. He was nailed on a cross. He was stabbed. He was spit on. But he was God. No, he was man. It was God robed in flesh. He felt the pain. He felt the spit on His cheek. He felt the stab wounds. He felt the suffocation as He hung on a cross. And He died for who? Not Himself. He died for you. So if you're not empowered, if you're not bold right now, if you're not brave right now, pray that God will make you that way because I'm telling you what, We are going to go places because God is on our side. He has our back. And I will be bold for Him in the name of Jesus. We absolutely are going to make great grants, and and great things are going to happen because of God and what God is doing with us and through us. It's all glory to God. It is not us. It is not you. It is God. He empowers us. In the name of Jesus, Lord, bless these men in the name of Jesus. This is a mighty army of men. We thank you, Lord, for so many men that love you and worship you and they give their hearts to you and they are committed to you. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Bless them, bless their families. We praise God for great things in the name of Jesus. Men, do not forget, we've got a great, great meal for you and your families. That is going to be downstairs. Just follow the crowd and follow the smell. Oh, we didn't get a great picture, guys, just if try to get a good picture, let everybody just turn around where you're at and scoot in and okay. This are gonna take like a panoramic. everybody just be real still. Try to see her. All right, everybody be real still. here we go. All right, got it. Hey. Love your neighbor. Hug on your neighbor. Hey, we'll see you in the Life Center. Go to the Life Center. We we'll want to see every man there with your family. Every step.